Well, hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Holy Donuts Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Lombardi, joined today by RJ Caswell. RJ, how you doing, man? I'm great. Great. Glad to be here. Yeah. So tell them where, where you join us from. Give us a little bit of the CV background, you know, what your role is, the organization you're serving right now, and then we'll kind of dive in there to your background. Sure, sure. Right now I'm in the greater Charlotte area. I've been, actually been in the greater Charlotte, North Carolina area since 2004, but especially I'm with South America Mission, which is a mission organization primarily focused on South America and based in Fort Mill, which is a, you know, they would probably not like me to say a suburb of Charlotte, but a suburb of Charlotte right, over, right by Carowinds. If everybody heard of Carowinds, we're really close to Carowinds. So uh, that's where I am now and serving as the uh, COO for South America. Awesome. And so that's a fairly new role for you though, right? You've only been that, what, two months now? Yeah, about a little over 60 days. Yeah, just about two months. I've uh, been sitting in this seat and it's been great. Survived. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. And so give a little bit of context on South America Mission, maybe a little bit of the history there, a little bit of the background of that organization. I know it's got you know over 100 year history. Lots. Of, I mean, the, the name is self-explanatory in a lot of ways, yeah. South America Mission, but give a little bit more of the history and background for folks who are not familiar with it. Sure, I probably won't do it justice being the new guy, but yeah, 110 plus year history of missions work in South America, primarily historically in Bolivia, uh, Brazil, Colombia, Peru. We have some partnerships in Argentina and some, some other places as well, but really for the most part, supporting the work of the church, the local church. We value the local church and their role within the body. And so a lot of it is helping support multiplying the church, community transformation through the local church. Historically, through North American missionaries, that's really shifting with the tide of mission shifting to supporting and coming alongside local leaders, local church planters, work a lot with city to city and some city movements yeah. as well. So a variety of work, but all focused in South America. Awesome. And so how did you get into this wonky, crazy world of Christian nonprofits? I know you've been in, in the space for a while. Uh, South American Mission, while it's a new job to you, is not you're not new in the field at all. So how did you get started in this? And just kind of walk us through the journey God's had you on kind of working within Christian nonprofits. Sure. I mean, I don't know if I've, I've probably worked for Christian nonprofits almost my entire career, different types of nonprofits. Yeah. Um, so that's probably, honestly, 25 plus years. Um, and really probably the taste of it came through, I came to faith through an organization, probably many on this podcast will understand Young Life. Yep. And so that's where I got introduced really to my faith and became a believer through Young Life, which Christian nonprofit, Christian ministry, yep. uh, was a Young Life leader all through college. Yep. And so that really shaped my view of work and engagement and, um, so soon after that, got married and got my master's in counseling, but specifically worked in Christian schools. So I worked in K through 12 Christian schools for about eight plus years. Also was a licensed therapist on the side, so did a lot of work. Uh, that actually turned into my next gig or season, uh, yeah. which was starting my own, was starting my own Christian nonprofit, um, which is a story for another day because that only yeah. happened for a year and a half. But it was focused on counseling and all things adoption. So worked with Christian adoption agencies, worked with families who were interested in adoption, yeah. worked with kids who were adopted and walking through what that meant for them. I did that for a year and a half before joining a church staff. So then I was in church nonprofit, which, yeah. right, yeah. everybody knows, 
church is the church, but it's also a nonprofit in North America, right or wrong, good or bad. It is a nonprofit. And so worked in a church nonprofit for a little over 12 years. And then since took one year gig working for a startup company, which was outside of that. So I say a majority, you know, maybe one, one and a half years, not in a Christian nonprofit. That's a, that's a run. That's a run in Christian nonprofit world. That's for sure. So, okay. So that's kind of how you, you got into this season. Get, yeah. It sounds like you've kind of been doing it your whole life, right? Kind of yeah. died in the wool, work with Christian nonprofits. So what's something, you know, pull from any of these organizations you've been part of, maybe even from the one that you started, because that's always fascinating to me as somebody who's also started my own company is what's a strategy, what's a campaign. You know, we're all about donor engagement, about figuring out how Christian nonprofits can better market, engage with their donors speak their language, connect with them, build relationships. What's something from your time, you know, the vast history that you've been working, whether it's South American Mission or all the way back, that you've implemented or seen done that's been just an awesome campaign, an awesome strategy that's really engaged donors at a high level? Matt, great question. Matt, I don't know if I have a secret sauce or yeah. any anything earth shattering. I do remember like when I started my own nonprofit, when, and you know, starting your own business, you're everything, right? I was... The web developer, I was the business manager, I was the donor developer, I was the therapist, uh, I was all those pieces, which I actually loved. I learned so much about organizations. And so I've never had the title of director of development, advancement director, but when you're responsible for everything, you're doing everything. And the only way I knew to approach it then, and the only way I know to honestly approach it now, not that there isn't great strategy, is people, is getting out and getting in front of people. I think Zoom's great and it can be used, but if you have the opportunity in person to get coffee, lunch, breakfast. I remember when I was an executive pastor for a long time, when I would have you know, our staff meetings, I looked at all of my direct reports, calendars, and wanted to see that their calendars reflected with what we believe, which is being out engaging with people. Yeah. Now, yeah. some of that's direct development and some of that's indirect. Um, so I would just say don't discount indirect donor development, yeah. which is really spending time with relationships with people, knowing that there may or may not be a direct benefit, but it's still the right thing to do. Man, I, I love that last part about there may not be a direct benefit because I think a lot of folks, they have their punch list of, okay, here's I'm gonna get my list of people and these are the people that I need to call every single month or, hey, these are my quarterly contacts. And it becomes that just like punch list. And there's almost a sense that like, if I meet with them and there's an ask or there's not a direct like, oh, they decided to write a check after that meeting that, oh, well, that's disappointing, right? What would you say to that person kind of in that mindset? Maybe there's just an opportunity to build a relationship and and you're building the relationship because you don't know what God's going to do with it. And yes, you might be disappointed they didn't write a check, but you don't really know what's going on behind that. So I would say, I mean, I still do it now, probably once or twice a week. I text somebody out of my contact list who comes to mind either through thought or prayer or jotting notes. And I shoot them a text saying, hey, you came to my mind, was praying for you this morning. Hope you're doing well. And that's it. Mm. And I would say 99% of the time I get a response back. Um, And I'd say about 50% of the time we go back and forth and set up a coffee or lunch. Yeah. And that's why I say the indirect benefit is trust because it's about the person and not about the gift. Of course, we all need resources to do what we do, right? Yeah. And so 
it's okay to be disappointed. You maybe didn't get the gift or the check. But I'll tell you, when I started my own nonprofit, if I sat in that disappointment, you would never get up because people I thought were journeying with me never contributed a cent. And other people who I didn't really even think about, but I put them on the list, sustained the ministry for over a year. So it's really surprising, I think, in the world of fundraising, what ends up connecting and not connecting. Yeah. Absolutely, man. I joke about this all the time, but I always use like this, you know, this, this quote from Jesus where he said, a prophet has no honor in his hometown. And I, I always use that with nonprofits, but then also with startup founders, actually, because I always say this, like the people who are most, sometimes you expect your friends, your family, the people who are most familiar, you say, oh, for sure that person's yeah. saying, no, they're going to support me hundred percent. And sometimes those are the, actually the least likely people to support you. Uh, which is the same parable from G like exactly what Jesus said, which is like, Hey man, prophet has no honor in his hometown. Sometimes it's people outside of it who are, and, and you just don't know. And so if you're constantly waiting on that, Oh, well, this check, ha this meeting has to set to this because my plan, not God's plan, you end up setting yourself up for failure and disappointment. So great, great advice, man. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And I think the, the more you realize the posture is serving others, whether it's for a gain or not, it's as a believer, our call is to serve others. And donor development's no different. Yeah, yeah. So how, I'd love to go there a little bit. How do you see that if you're doing donor development or engaging with your donors, how is that serving them? Well, one, you're showing you're interested in them outside their checkbook, right? People <laughs> that you care about <laughs> them first and not about the wealth screening. And I'm not against wealth screening, right? No. It, that, that, that's research, but... Let's face it, people of means in right that there's the $20 donors, which should be as just as valuable as the $20,000 donor. And I would remind everybody's teams, you got to keep that in front of you because it's really easy to get that mixed up. Uh, at the same time, how you approach a $20,000 donor is different than how you approach it, not how you thank them or how you engage them, but how you approach them. And so I would just say there needs to be thought and intention, but when it comes to engaging them as a person, that's got to be forefront. It can't be engaging them as a dollar sign or because of the wealth screening. So I'm not saying don't do the wealth screening, no, no. but don't use that as your only judgment for meeting somebody because they'll know it. I mean, right. Yeah. They'll see through. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great advice. Great advice. So what's a trend right now that you're seeing because you got a lot of experience. You're, I'm sure, keeping an eye on everything going on in the world yeah. as, you know, as your missions organization is kind of shifting things, kind of adjusting the times. What are some trends that you're seeing for Christian nonprofits out there that are really exciting for you? And on the backside, what are some that you're seeing that maybe are a little bit, maybe got you a little bit concerned on the other side? Man, I read this question earlier and it's yeah. probably right, the throwaway answer, and I don't mean it to be because of what's going on right now, but I think I have the same answer for both. And it's AI, yeah. right? How do, we escape, how do we escape answering AI, at least for me? Yeah. I'm not an AI expert. Yeah. I know, right, there's camps where totally scared and resistant, other ones who yeah. are all in over the spectrum. It, but I think approaching AI, like we should approach so many things with wisdom and discernment and embracing that tension, that AI can be super helpful and AI can be really dangerous. Yeah. And literally, I was talking with one of our international leaders over this past week. He grabbed me and, I, as you know, I, I've probably posted less now, but for a season, I was posting every day on LinkedIn. I, um, I've, I've really enjoyed LinkedIn. I've, I've learned a lot and I, hopefully I've contributed something to that community. Yeah. 
but I posted a lot and he was just like, I, I want to engage LinkedIn, but I, I don't really know how and time and how do you do it. And so we sat down, I pulled up my chat GTP account yeah. and said, Jorge, I, I want you to take something you've already written, something that is yours. Not We're not using it to create a post for you. Yeah. I want to take because he writes he's an amazing writer and writes some long form newsletters, long form blog posts. And I said, let's use your existing content and see what can happen. And so we did a prompt that I te- taught him how to use the prompt. He copy and pasted. And the prompt was you're a nonprofit expert, a nonprofit LinkedIn expert. Take this long form post and make three LinkedIn posts. Yeah. And then we refined it. And. It was his words, right? So he, we're not asking AI to invent a post for him. Right. We're actually at helping him leverage stuff he has already written. And it wrote three posts. He was blown away. Yeah. He could copy it and paste it and tweak it because he said they're not perfect. I said they're not going to be perfect. You, oh, yeah. Don't copy and paste without reading it because yeah. you might read and go, did a really bad job. Yeah. But has so much content already, and he wants to engage a new audience. So I was like, don't recreate everything see if you can use ai to help you with stuff you've already written so that's just an example that that i just walked through this week yeah and we see this a lot too ai really struggles to get a thoughtful non-cheesy christian tone of voice that's something yeah. that i've noticed a lot like it really struggles it'll be like oh holy friends <laughs> yeah like it, it says the weirdest things trying to be like is this how Christians talk? Which should just tell us something about the weird Christians that yeah. Christians have anyway. The AI is like, yeah, we don't even understand this. This is weird. Yeah. But it does struggle with that. But no, that's a great, a great point of like ways that you can use AI for benefit, right? Like taking what you already have, not trying to create something from scratch, but just saying, hey, can I work smarter with this instead of harder and be more effective with the time? On the other side, what are some concerns that you have with AI for Christian nonprofits? Just Besides generally as, Terminator Skynet sort of a thing. Right, right. Well, I would say another use too on the positive side that I use it in my operations role as, as COO is templates. Using AI, I go, hey, can you give me a template for succession planning for our organization? Can you give me a template? Again, it's a template. It's not a document we would use outside the organization. And it's one that I probably would 20 to 30% would change. But it's given me a framework. So I'm not just creating it from scratch. That's been super helpful. I think on the, the dangerous side, right, is using AI as your method of engagement, as your content. Now, I'm not saying you can't generate it for ideas, but if you're using AI solely as your storytelling and original content creation, I think yeah. there's there's a danger from integrity, right? And Matt, yeah. you talked a little bit about voice. Is, yeah. is that the voice you want? I, I think it's being lazy is probably not a fair term, but it, there's a lack of integrity, I think, in how you're going to approach things. So I think it can be really healthy, really helpful, but it can't be everything in what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And on the voice side, that's a great point because there's so much, so much of the work that you do on messaging, you know, your storytelling, that stuff actually is sometimes, as you probably know, like that's almost more important for what that gives you internally 
than it does what it actually produces, right? Those conversations actually force a lot of great internal dialogue on, okay, really, who are we in this? And if you outsource that all of a sudden to AI and it's just crafting that up for you, you don't have the internal buy-in from your team. And so all of a sudden you're, you're telling your story in a way, your messaging in such a way, this isn't actually reflective of the way your programs are doing work maybe on the ground, or it's not reflective of the way your leadership actually feels about things. And all of a sudden you get this wonky thing where it's like, well, publicly we're saying this, <laughs> But then we're not actually able to deliver on that because that's not actually how we do things on the ground. And so, yeah, anytime you're relying on AI to create things from the ground up that are not reflective of really who you are at your core, you got to do, you got to do still the hard work on the back end to make it a really, really effective tool. So no, great, great thoughts on that. What about resources? What are some resources you love for Christian nonprofits, whether it's donor engagement, marketing, you're in COO role now, so maybe you're reading different books than you used to, right? <laughs> what are some books, some blogs, some resources that you love that have really driven a lot of meaningful impact for you? So it's going to be something I've already already said. You probably won't be too surprised. Um, I do think there's probably great resources out there. I would say the more I've been in just general leadership from executive pastor to uh, COO, which are pretty similar roles, uh, probably a couple things. One is uh, I really do probably value LinkedIn connections and content more than I value reading books right now. And that might sound a little crazy, but there's some just great Christian nonprofit consultants and leaders who write pretty consistently that I've gained a lot of insight from. Guys like Andrew Olson and there's a lot of others. So I do think I probably lean more on that right now in this season, right? In this, I think there's so many different seasons yeah. in this season. And then from a resource perspective, I'm part of a group here in Charlotte helping start an organization called Mission Charlotte. It's based out of an organization called Mission Triangle in the Triangle yeah. of North Carolina. People could look that up. We're missionclt.org. But it's really helping support Christian nonprofits in our city. And there's different city movements around. But we provide free training and resources to other Christian nonprofits in the Charlotte area through six core competencies, which is free. And so it's a great community and it's great resources. So I'm really leaning on Mission Charlotte, which I'm helping, but I'm also learning yeah. from. Yeah. And then, you know, honestly, LinkedIn. Yeah. No, I, you're the first person to say LinkedIn. And I love it because I'm obviously a nut <laughs> for LinkedIn. They yeah. literally is change the way that we built our business just because of the connections, the people we've gotten to know, yeah. it is the only social media that I actually use because Me too. people actually create valuable content there. And you get, I think what you're talking about reading folks on LinkedIn instead of books, I think that's so, so insightful because the people you're reading are on the ground, right? Yeah. They're, and they're giving you real time feedback on what they're seeing, what they're hearing. It's instant. Whereas, Hey, you know, like there've been some great books that we get recommended all the time, like that are wonderful. But if you just think of how long it takes someone to write a book, and by the time it's actually through publishing, a lot of what they're saying is over a year old, right? Yeah. Whereas in LinkedIn, you're, you're going to talk to some of those people who are just as thoughtful, just as insightful, who are doing work with maybe other organizations that you're like, wow, I wish I could learn from them. And they're pulling all that stuff and giving you real-time feedback. And yeah, I mean, LinkedIn is one of the best places I know of to grow professionally if you curate your feed well and you don't have a bunch of junk and if you can yeah, deal you with like to, You have to spend some time with it. Yeah, you have yep. to spend some time with it, connect with the right yep. people, follow the right people. But okay. I had a meeting this morning with a, a, a CRM consultant. We were looking for some help and she's local. She's a believer. Yep. I met her through LinkedIn. I would best. have never done that. Yep. And, and I've known yep. her now for two years 
Yeah. And I went, oh my gosh, I, I know somebody. Yeah. yeah. And I wouldn't have it, had it, that contact it, otherwise. So it's the yeah. best. No, very, very cool resource for sure. Awesome. Well, RJ, if folks want to connect with you, if they want to learn more about South American Mission, donate maybe, get on board with what you guys are doing, yeah. or just connect with you, what's the best way to connect with you? Yeah, sure. Email's easy, rj.caswell at southamericanmission.org. You could also obviously head to southamericanmission.org altogether and find me on LinkedIn. I don't post every day like I used to, but I'm pretty active uh, a couple times a week posting, but also interacting probably every single day. So yeah, head over to southamericanmission.org, head over to LinkedIn, and I'd, I'd love to, if you're in Charlotte, buy you a cup of coffee. And if you're not, let's uh, jump on a phone call. Awesome. Well, RJ, thank you so much for the time today, man. So enjoyed talking about building relationships, serving people. Man, such great content coming out of this. Really appreciate you taking the time. I loved it. Thanks so much. 